How's it going, everyone? Welcome to On the Mic with Joe C. I'm super pumped up to introduce my next guest. He's an artist, he's a barber, he's an entrepreneur, and he's my little big brother. I'd like to introduce you to Sergio Betancourt. Woo! Yee! How you doing, glad brother? Glad to be here, brother. I'm glad, glad to be here. here. I'm so happy that you had me again yes. in this new revamped space. I'm so proud of seeing how far you've come. How this idea that you've never let die, like you've spoken other episodes, is come full fruition for you. And I'm not surprised, you know, like you have been nothing short of a mentor to me. And it's just what you do. And I'm excited to continue helping fulfill your passions and your ideas. Thank you, brother. Thank you. And just so you guys know, uh, this is the second time that I've had Sergio on a podcast. Uh, I gave a shot to starting my podcast uh, a little over a year yep. ago, um, and Sergio was actually the first guest on that podcast that I started, uh, and so that was a little bit of a journey, right? Yep. That didn't didn't continue after that, and like you said, the conversation didn't die, yep. and so now we're here, and I'm super excited to have you back on the show, brother. Yes, How's sir. everything? Everything's been good, man. 2024 has seemed to be one of the years that have felt most um, packed with movement, with change with opportunity and i'm like so glad that we're also starting it off doing this you know mm. like this is exactly the energy that i'm looking for exactly the energy that i remember from you and when we work together and whatnot so glad to be here i'm glad to share what i can to help whoever is listening or just to entertain for me the way that i create this podcast is just like that saying you spray some perfume on yourself and if that some of that perfume happens to get on the people around you Awesome. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the perfume is for you, yep. right? And so with this podcast, having these conversations, having conversations with people like you, uh, it's really to create as much value as possible for me and you, yep. right? And so we're spraying the perfume on each other. Yep. And if anybody listening or watching happens to catch some of that perfume on them, then dude, even better, even better yep. and at the end of the day it really is just to do the best we can to create as much value for each other yep right? absolutely brilliant. um so one of the things that i did mention is that you are a barber yeah right you you did work for me for a little bit and the first question that i really want to kick this off with just because i i have an idea of your journey is from the beginning nice. what has your journey of barbering been like Oh, wow. So at this point, it's actually been 10 years since I picked up the Clippers. It's been a little over and it all started off as a joke. I was at um, when I was younger, I was I was a senior in high school. I had no idea about haircutting. I didn't know what nice haircuts were. I went to an eight dollar barber in my town and it was quick, easy. It was just what I knew. It was like what I was comfortable with. And one of my buddies, he was trying to at the time tell me to like, Oh, dude, why are you here? Just go home. After I had driven across town, spent gas, money that we didn't have at the time, you know? I was like, for what? what? I'm here, bro. Come on. He's like, man, I got to go get my hair cut. And he, I knew that him and our, our, our other friends had been messing each other up with, their, with his father's clippers. I was like, I know you have clippers, bro. I got you. Whatever. And it led to me cutting his hair and really trying my best. It's not the worst haircut. It's not the best, obviously. But something that came out of it was enjoyment and mm. an infatuation that I did not expect to have from that. From that point forward, all my time was spent 
trying to find any little like tutorial, any type of um, just like teaching through YouTube. Mm. And it was when YouTube still was filmed on potatoes. It was when like the videos <laughs> didn't exist. There weren't influencer barbers. Barbering wasn't even glamorized. And I was able to muster up like through just different parts, different channels enough to watch videos every day, rewatch them. While I would be doing homework, I would have my phone or my my iPod Touch. I would have um, while I was eating, I'd be watching tutorials. I didn't even understand the haircuts. I didn't understand any of that, but I was like learning and just like so infatuated without telling anyone. Really quick, just because there's something that that I I want to get clarity for myself. That first haircut you did, right? You say, hey, like, dude, you got your dad's clippers. I got you. Yep. So what what was it about that experience that when you were done, you were like, okay, I want to do this? So at, at the time, I think it was, I went, it was funny. We were joking around. And this is actually a filmed video that I have. I have the first video of that haircut. And so I just went balls to the walls, shaved whatever number. I think it was like a two. <laughs> so what it was, was I think the problem solving that goes into cutting hair. So I had buzzed him down to like a two, but he had a comb over type of style. It was just like two or three up to the part. And what happens with the right side, you know, his hair isn't something long and like flowy where it could just be like a undercut, easy to look good. I remember specifically being like, oh my God. What do I do with this mushroom side <laughs> sticking out? And it was the clipper over comb that I felt. I literally used that technique not knowing what I was doing. What? And the problem solving was so entertaining. And and it was just squared up hairline, all this stuff. Um, but I, I think that the clipper over comb aspect and seeing like what I was able to like blend and, and seeing that blend happen... That I was like, oh my god! And I swear, up until that point, I didn't care or see anyone's haircuts. I know that haircuts have been going on for however long with fades, tapers, this, that, lineups, the whole nine. But I hadn't seen it. Doing that literally, it's like a blessing and a curse because now I can't walk into any room without spotting a bad haircut, <laughs> good haircut, a tapered haircut. I started seeing it. At rap albums, Drake's "Nothing Was the Same" was a picture of Drake with the with the with the sky in the background. The homie had a, a Nas part and a taper. It was an animated picture, but his taper with his beard lineup. I was tripping, like how obsessed I was. Like, at, oh my god, I want to do that. How do you get it so looking so smooth, buttery, all this stuff? And so I ventured myself into that world, and I didn't even have money at the time to get nice haircuts like that. So I just started providing them. Mm. And that really, truly, like, transformed my life. And I think it was the the missing art form that was missing out of my life. Like, I, I had, m like, been doing, like, sketches, graffiti on, like, black books, whatever. But at the time, that fulfilled my art desire mm. and my desire to create. Like, your self-expression. Yes. Like, you were able to express yourself yes. through and barbering. It was, and it was something that wasn't glorified. So I kept, kept it kind of low-key. I never imagined anything coming out of it. Had I had I told myself at that age it was going to be what I was doing today, wouldn't have believed it, nor would I th have thought people would have been accepting of it or I would have been able to do it the way I've done it, you know, like mm. with the, you've seen, like what we've all built, yourself included, you know. 
it's just it's it's unreal and yeah it really just captured me man so going from that i watched like probably five months of videos until i told my homie i was like dude I know how to cut hair. He's like, what? I was like, I have watched every video that has ever existed on barbering. Let me cut your hair. At that point, that had happened the summer of our senior year. Now this homie is in senior year. And my one of my closest friends, Brian, shout out Brian, lending me his head. I just cut his hair the last week. He championed that because I told him I could do a skin fade. Granted, I could have done a skin fade with the proper equipment. What did his clipper not have? A lever that was tightened. Wow. Every time I pushed the line in, I opened the lever. When I pushed, the lever closed higher and higher. Ugh. Man, I made this guy look terrible his senior year. <laughs> and he took it like a champ. Up until I had done it enough and I realized, man, something isn't adding up. Am I terrible at this? I know what it takes. Well, I invested the, the only money I had into a pair of clippers. And that took me into whoa like i actually did this fade now i could see that i have the potential and it just snowballed into uh graduating from senior year having like a group of four kids that i like poached and and got them to to trust me and then cutting all summer leading into college where i had my actual career had my future ahead and yeah i remember going into the into in the college dorm I, I went to cal poly pomona mm -hmm. and at the time i was studying finance real estate and law i was like a clutter major of business administration and i love numbers i love business i love all that aspect of like just grinding entrepreneurship and all that and that was my way in was going to school because that's what we've been told to do and and i just i didn't see any other way but I was cutting hair on the side and I would never admit to it, but I started having a little bit more fun. And even though I was doing haircuts at $8, then like maybe $12, it became lucrative. I started missing school to do that. <laughs> if someone wanted a haircut and I had a class, I would like weigh out the, the pros and the cons. And at the time it was kind of a unweighted thing. Like, like I'll make $12 to go to like a class I'm mm -hmm. paying X amount of dollars for. It's just, but it's what I wanted to do. So I, I pursued it, cut hair in the third floor dorm bathroom. And it just outgrew me um, to the point where I I had to like start making a decision like, like, is this something I'm going to take seriously? No, it can't be. I have been conditioned by family or, or relatives or even just people, friends, whatever. Like you have to go and go to school and build up this um learning that will take you into the future to have like a profession or whatever yes and that and that is true for some for sure but i just kept it rolling second year got a an apartment or a, yeah like it was a, an apartment hosted by the school still across the street and my room was probably like the the size of this room um with an extra like third mm. added to it and i had my bed i had a desk and I bought a little barber chair and I converted my half my apartment room that was that was carpet into a barbershop, bro. The hair is probably embedded into that carpet to this day. I'm sorry to whoever had got that apartment that room following. Yeah. But man, I made it happen. I was cutting hair a lot. Whenever I had free time, I started taking more clients and it just outgrew itself. I, I, I started like voicing that this is something I want to do. I think I'm serious about it. Um, I was actually, no, I was still like 
doing both when I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that led to me. I, one, of my, one of my clients actually sent me your information, barber, searching for a barber, whatever. We had that first interaction where you took me uh, to the donut shop, mm-hmm. bought me. And man, I still remember. I, I didn't understand the world of barbering yet either. Like I hadn't, I was cutting my own hair. I hadn't gone into barbershops like that. Um, so I remember walking into your first barbershop in Covina, man. Mm-hmm. It it hit me in the chest, man. It was like, oh my god, what? There's chairs on each side, busy. There's this guy with dope beard, hair in a <laughs> bun, just fresh as can be. I was like, oh my god, am I am I over my head? And you welcomed me, open arms, and I think me. Showing you how serious I was and, and showing you the videos that I had recorded previously to skip the demo part of the mm-hmm. interview. I think you saw in me something that I almost didn't believe in myself, but I, I knew I had to shoot for. Mm-hmm. And it started my career as a barber in a shop. And yeah, man, that that changed my life. I really thank you for that. And it's been it's been a stepping stone pff, taller than most of them, you know, and like forever grateful. But yeah, that is one thing I really want to get curious about with you, because I do recall that when you came in, we were at the donut shop. Usually the way it works at the at the at the barbershop is I have the barbers do like a demo haircut uh, before getting on the floor just to kind of see where you guys skills at. And so Sergio actually showed me YouTube videos like tutorial videos he created out of my mom's Uh, living room. Yeah. And so. What what was that like, right? Like you had never worked in a shop yet, you were already uploading tutorial videos, yeah. like how to videos on YouTube. I just had a passion in it, and I wanted to film it, especially because the content on the internet wasn't there yet. Mm. It it really wasn't advanced to like what we see today with like in depth 4K videos, like all that stuff. So I did that, and. Sadly, I actually stopped doing that when I got into the barbershop because the old school environments of just, it was just a different time. You're not going to pull up ring light camera. As the new guy, I was the youngest one by far. Mm-hmm. I was like the college student, the partier, this, that. I just, it was hard. So I, I stopped it. And that's one thing. Just be true to yourself. I kind of wish I would have continued that avenue. Um, but yeah, I, I decided to do that. Jumping into the barbershop, it was a shock because I didn't know etiquette. I didn't know what was... Man, I remember I pulled up <laughs> and I was like, no shame. Someone would walk in. Oh, what's up, man? I got you right here. <laughs> and I remember that first day I cashed out as a youngin. Like, I killed it. I don't remember how many haircuts I did. And someone... Oh, you know, it was, it was Blade. Ah. <laughs> Which is a good... It's like a friend of mine now. But... Man, this homie was like, yo, bro, that's not how we do it in here. <laughs> you can't do that, dog. Can't take my turn, dog. Yeah. And I was like, how did I not think of that? There's turns <laughs> that everyone got to eat. I was just so excited to be in front of a a, a walk-in flow, you know? And yeah. so I learned I learned my place. I learned my um, etic- barber etiquette. And yeah, it just, it was a, it was a shell shock for sure. But slowly I built my name up in that shop and earned my respect, you know? That was that was that was a really good experience, man. I remember it was uh f- took a few months for me to take it serious too because in college you're just doing your own thing, partying, having fun, um, and I was like in the thick of it. So 
I was just enjoying myself, making decent money, doing my thing, whatever. But uh, it, it wasn't until something that happened. You actually hosted um this Barber of the Month where it was like based off of revenue earned. And it was an opportunity for everyone to possibly make a little bit more. Get a bonus. Yeah, it was a bonus. And I mean, I just wasn't putting in the amount of hours that I should have that that would have required to to beat the the industry leaders or like the people in the shop with like 20 years of experience same city all this stuff so i was just like eh whatever but i was confident in my ability to know numbers and know that at the end of the day if you sit down and i think you talked about this with with ish if you sit down write down your goals Mm -hmm. there's like a there's a finite amount you could reach that Mm -hmm. if you're calculated and I opened my big old mouth. I was like, oh, I could do it. Everyone's like, shut the fuck <laughs> You little ass kid. Blah, blah. And around that time, it was when I was about to um, go into, it was like towards the middle or th- I can't remember, maybe the middle of the third year of college. And at that point, I just, I wasn't giving college the attention that it should have had. And I just didn't know how to divide myself between having fun, working and school. And so I... After I was like kind of questioned, like, could I could I become the number one barber? It mm. hadn't been done in 14, 15 months. It was like a crazy streak, and everyone's like, it just can't happen. It was like accepted. You, just can't, you can't beat that guy. Yeah, we it was just that guy accepted. Was. Yeah, dude, Hector's a G, Hector, man. Yeah, yeah. One of the Hector. most OG. Hey, shout, shout out, shout to out Hector. Hector. He's one of the most OG barbers mm-hmm. in the game. Clipper over comb crazy, freehand crazy. The man had clients without stop. He would have full sections sitting for him. It was impressive. It was something I honestly looked up to. But at the same time, friendly competition. I was like, I kind of want to give him my shot. Hearing self-doubt, that's something that fuels me sometimes, you know? And as a, I think I was 20 at the time. I was like, man, no, nah, I'm going to do this. So I, I took the numbers that we all would get. I knew how many haircuts it had to be. And I just started calculating. All right. I guess I'm going to have to show up 7 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and leave sit at like midnight. At, yeah, sit my ass there. 15-hour days. But that was the beauty of you. You build opportunity. It's for the people to take. If you want it, you can get it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that people might take for granted. Not many industries could you work unlimitedly. Mm-hmm. You know? You gave us all the access. And, and that's an amazing thing that you did. Um and so, yeah, I remember, bro, I, I told my mom, I was like, all right, every day, six days a week. And I remember just keeping tabs of like what I was making, making sure I was good. Two weeks in, I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I think I could do it. I slacked off a little bit. It caught wind. Man, this guy's been here a lot. Of, you know what? Almost Hector just had to do two more hours. I was like, oh, my God, I'm like losing my trail, this, that. It was so thrilling and so exciting. And more than anything, this is how you build clientele, guys. There was hours that I would be there and not a haircut would come in for an hour or two. But once that person came in, I was going to close them. Whenever you get a client, it's your opportunity to close someone. It's like sales. It's like service. It's not just service. It's sales. It's Mm -hmm. selling yourself. It's selling who you are and what you could do for them. So, yeah, that month was insane. There was I remember the last day I worked. And I worked seven in the morning till one, one twenty ish, and it was neck and neck between Hector and I. 
And I just remember 10 o'clock was showing up. I was like, I was like, all right. And then he stayed. I was like, oh my God, this is the first time I've ever seen Hector not have to work a normal schedule. Like he was like, I'm going to stay. He had other clients. And bro, it was thrilling, exciting. It was, it was, it was just like he had a client come in. I had a client come in. I remember it was like 11 o'clock came. He had done a few more haircuts. And then he's like, look at me. He's like, you got more? I was like, I got a few more. <laughs> and I beat, I, I, I led that month by like $100. Yeah. By $100, by nothing, by, by nothing, bro. And I remembered that night who's like, I didn't even go home to rest. I think I went home to party. I like remember I was living with a bunch of friends and I they knew what I was the mission I was on. Mm-hmm. And I just remember we went hard. The next day, there's like a, a cookout that you just are having, and then I pulled up, you gave me my bonus. He gave me the respect, which was I was like nervous for because it was like it it's so obvious how much more I had to work, but he respected it, you know? Yep. Straight on, like same hours, maybe not. But the beauty of it is, it's anything goes in, in that competition, you know. So he gave me respect, and that meant the world to me. Seeing like, just I was able to accomplish that. I think I was able to accomplish it like two months later again. But it broke a barrier. I think that people might have had in their mind, and for me myself, like this mental ceiling of what is possible in barbering, and that is what took me into fully committing myself. Mm. I stopped going to school. I went all in in barbering. And yeah, it just, it led to eventually me um, being the one to go to the San Dimas location and restarting, not from scratch, people followed, thankfully. And it was something that I didn't know what was going to happen, but my clientele came. We built a culture at the time and it was a beautiful experience, man. It was all, it all led up. Like it was no... All, all steam ahead, nothing was changing ex- until my accident, you know, mm. where I had... Before life. we get to your accident, there's yep. something I, I, I want to make sure we don't skip over. Yep. Because um, I, I, I know a little bit about your parents and mm-hmm. their upbringing, and, you know, they immigrated from Colombia yep. to the United States. And I, I get that sometimes with immigrant parents, the mindset is different. It's crazy. Right? The mindset is different. And I think a lot of the times with immigrant parents... They, they think the answer for all of us, which, you know, it, it, right, it's, for some it is, for some but they think the answer for their children is school, education. Like, you got to get a, a diploma. You got to get a certificate. You got to get your master's or whatever, right? You said a little while ago, or, or just a bit ago, that you took barbering serious. You dropped out of school. What was that experience like with your parents? <sighs> and what were the <laughs> challenges that you had to face having to pretty much tell them, Hey, I'm not going to go the route you think is the best for me. I'm going to go this other route. Like, what was that like? I give them um, a lot of like leeway and and, like space with how, how all these things unfolded because I was also a rowdy little like kid. (laughs) Mm. So it was a lot of, me messing around in school too and not taking it as serious as well that probably made them a little bit more nervous but for them they are actually very educated people both of them having masters in finance accounting um economy uh and working for great companies in colombia you know they they had their careers they they had made their life but 
coming to the U.S., they sacrificed all that for my sister and I. I was very young, too. My sister already a little bit older. Um, so I think for them, it was like, <laughs> yo, that's what got us to this position in Colombia. What are you doing? <laughs> and I give them leeway, too, with it being a different time. My parents are in their 60s, so it's just we weren't as socialized um, like in terms of connection. I think that we didn't have opportunities the same way back then. And I think there was a lot of ceilings that were placed in just society in general because no one had done certain things. No one had made it. Only this person had done this. Only that person had done that. But it was not common or seen as possible, right? Mm. So me going the barber route was a shock to them. They were cool with it as like a little hobby. But once I started slipping up school-wise because I started doing this... It was like, we're not supporting you. There's not. And so that really also helped me learn finances as well. And like, I have had to fend for myself since I was 18 in college, actually. Thankfully, I had barbering. And it was just a little bittersweet thing at the time, more bitter than sweet. Now, more sweet than bitter. Mm. Because like, I have no worries of taking care of myself. I know I will, I won't sink end of the day, thanks to them. Mm. You know, their tough love and whatnot. But yeah, man, it was it was shocking to them. It was shocking to my sister, who's also has a master's. And I remember my my sophomore year, it was just like uh, I, had, I had a punk attitude, and I didn't go with it with the like uh, kindness that I should have. And I kind of was like a more of, more of like an f off basis. Like I I have this, I'm gonna do that, blah blah blah. Like kind of cockiness to it. And yeah, it just didn't land right. It caused a lot of ripples in our relationship. It caused a lot of distance, which I am sad for, but glad that we're past it. You know, mm. like for, for so many years coming out, living out here, I wasn't far from them, but I was like 40 miles away, whatever. But I would see them as if they lived far, like where they do now in Florida, in Colombia, you know, it was like that. And I was like, why, why was I doing that? And I think it was just like a slight bit of resentment, a slight bit of just, um, immaturity. And yeah, it, it, it was tough, man. But what I will say to anyone doing something that isn't what is expected of them, um, to anyone that's venturing into something that might not seem like the conventional route, it's not easy, but do it if it's what you feel like doing it because it's your life. You have to, even if you fail, even if it takes you a few tries, do it. Because end of the day, they're not the ones that are going to be paying your bills. They're not going to be the ones doing this. And just patch up things along the way, you know, and that's what I've done. Now, bro, it's it's such a blessing. Like in the past when we'd be in like visiting Columbia, for example, the kind of shyness and like embarrassment of like talking about barbering or like telling other people, oh, but he's no, he's studying though. He's gonna be this. He's gonna study that. I would I would see it was just kind of like an added on layer of of like like I guess social protection. Mm. They wanted to uphold it because it didn't it wasn't guaranteed. I hadn't gone to levels that I have now, but. I will say I have made a believer of both my parents, of my sister, my parents, and I love them because of the support they give me. I prove to them what is capable. And now, dude, they be pushing me. They be. Wow. And that is some somewhere I didn't know I would get to eventually. And 
That's why I'm telling anyone there's going to be a little like uh, roadblocks, a little speed bumps, but you're going to get past that point. And if you are really about it and you put in that work, your results will be undeniable, you know, and that forever grateful, forever grateful, man. Um, yeah, they, they, <laughs> my dad now shows them, shows me off to people, my mom, they'll be telling them like, oh, you would not believe it's like, <laughs> it's like mind blowing to the people in Colombia as well. You know, it's just, we have a lot of opportunity in this country for sure. And forever grateful for that, you know, and just venturing into whatever realms that we have. One thing I want to touch on mm -hmm. with, with that, and, and, and this is for anyone, anyone that's listening there's a lot of value in what you said as far as like if you're going to go the unconventional way, like, you know, go for it. Right. If it's your passion, if you see a future, like put in the work and go for it. One thing you said that 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 caught my attention uh, was, you know, that, you know, your parents, you know, they're not going to pay your bills. They're not going to do all that stuff. And what I really want to say for anybody listening to it, to, to this is that have that be the case. Right. Because there's a lot of I've heard a lot of conversations of like, my parents are always trying to tell me like what to do, how to live my life, how to this, how to that. But they're paying your gym membership. They're paying your Uber rides. Yeah. They're paying, you're not paying any rent where you're living. Uh, they're buying all your food. Like they're the ones pretty much supplementing your life. Anyone would be upset. Right. And so, you know what I mean? Like if, if you really do have a passion and you really want to go the unconventional way because of how your parents want you to go like have it be because you are free but as long as you're in your parents payroll like then just know that that comes with it yep, yep. so if you want to go for your passion and you want to do something that's outside of what your parents expect of you get off the payroll yep that it's it's a simple it's as simple as that if you don't want to have other people dictating what you do you can't have other people paying for what you do mm -hmm. simple simple and yeah honestly that's why it's instead of saying like uh, sweet and sour now it's such a sweet feeling knowing that 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 route or that um like i guess just pushing me out the nest taught me so much and it allowed me to mess up and do the things i want to do and venture off and this and that and i couldn't have thanked them anymore they taught me true because they never lost love they mm. just let me go and so with all this being said i just want to also clarify one more time i love my parents mm -hmm. they have been nothing but kind to me even if we didn't agree on certain things um it's I, I give it to them. Give have some compassion, have some understanding. Different ages comes with different times. Look at how crazy life has changed in the last twenty years. Mm. Now imagine sixty years. Like it's different times. Like there's gonna be different possibilities, and just be glad that you're living right now mm. with what you can do now. You know, absolutely. Dude, that, that's wow. If you're a parent listening to this. Right. Like what you just said is so golden, right? Like, like have your opinions, guide your kids in, in the, the best direction you possibly can and do it with love, yeah. right? Like whether they go with the flow, whether they do the opposite of what you want, like if you just do it with love, right? It, it might not always turn out the way you want and it'll always turn out good at the end yeah. because your kids will see. Like, yes, you said, do it this way, not that way. And at the end, when they did it the way you told them not to, you still love them. 
Yep. Absolutely, man. That's I th- awesome. I think that actually uh, it, it, it triggers something that I saw and now I hold dear to myself and something I would want to share with everyone is like all those all those situations that had me feeling bitter and distant for a little while, I I'm past that and I'm so grateful and I'm and I hope other people can forgive or, or move on from that. Because if you think about it, if we have our parents for and they live far away and you only see them on holidays here and there, let's say two days, two days every time you see them, three days every time you see them and you see them three times a, a, month, a year, that's six days in the year. Let's say they have 20, like whatever average. 20 years. Life, yeah, 20, 20 years. years. Man, it's 120 days at the end of it. Six, 20 years. It's, yep. It's rough. Six days a year. For 20 years, that's 120 days. That's not even half a year. Wow. wow. Seeing it in that perspective, right? Like it, if, It's gut-wrenching I mean, almost. Yeah. <laughs> like, like even if you see your parents 20 times a year, yeah. right? 20 times a, a year if you live a little bit apart. 20 times a year, if they got 20 years left, you're looking at 400 times. That's just a little bit over a year you have for the rest of their life. Yeah. Wow. And I think that that's one thing that's allowed me to be more compassionate. I've learned so much patience and my mom, my dad, my sister, even like we, we have a good time now and we don't allow things to, to wedge between us as easy as before. And I won't let that, you know, I will talk to them with more patience. It's harder. It's easier said than done. But if I could advise anyone is just to like mend some of those relationships, Mm. if possible, there's obviously like everyone has their own circumstances, but if it's something that, is mendable do it you only have your parents for so long and that's awesome yeah i see you you travel with them you guys go yeah. to europe together you guys go to Colombia <laughs> together like yeah. that's awesome i'm blessed man it, it took a it took a bit but i'm glad that we're around that so point. not to dive too much into this i just want to be clear with this how how long after you you said i'm going for my barbering career did they accept it i think i think probably like within a few months pro Honestly, like that first month was shocking to them when I pulled up after winning because that that one month funded so much of like my ventures. It was my first Europe trip. Mm. It was like, <laughs> yo, like it funded so much. And they're like, damn, this guy's so young. That. This guy's so young and he's able to like not we're not he's not asking anything of us. Like, wow, we can't be upset anymore. He's proven it. Paying his own rent, his own car is this and that, whatever. And and especially, especially after my venture solo, getting that studio in North Hollywood, they were so scared because it was just like coming off of that injury, switching up my clientele, moving 40 miles away from my business or my original space here. It's scary. But for them to see me swim in that deep water, it now like they're, they're like, do this, go for that. Why don't you try this? And I'm like. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, damn, you guys believe in me almost more than me now. It's like, <laughs> like, all right. So, I mean, I'm very grateful, but it took work and it took showing that you're capable. And, like, that's the biggest thing. Like, you mm-hmm. have to give them reassurance through action, mm-hmm. not just through words, not just through ideas. It's like through actions and, and, and tangible goals being met and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah, just through action and fulfilling on the things you say you're going to do. Absolutely. Speaking so. of, of big things, uh, 
you know, you came over to the San Dimas location, you were doing your thing here. And then there's a, there's something that happened to you in, in your life that you went from working in a barbershop to then getting your own studio. But there was like a year in between that actually happening. What happened in that year? I think it's just one, how life goes and how life will take you in certain directions and why what might seem as like a tragedy could be a blessing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time that's that's the theme of life, man. Like funny. What was that tragedy? (laughs) (laughs) So I was at the point peaking, I think in the, in my industry, in that career, what I was like capable of doing, I was happy and I was just kind of like, complacent didn't know what was going to take me to the next realm and this like kind of launched me like without without a choice right Mm -hmm. i went to joshua tree with a bunch of friends um we were just bouldering around hiking uh and it was just like having fun turning up whatever and i remember that on the i think it was like october 25th or something towards the sunset i jumped off of a rock I was like about seven feet tall, thinking I was still the the avid skateboarder. I had never got injured. I could handle this. I have ankles of steel, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And the rock I had jumped on had loose gravel on it. I didn't notice. And it just kind of like folded me, bro. I, I collapsed. My ankle like anchored into the floor and just exploded, essentially. Yeah, broke a million ways. It, it broke both tibs and fibs. Both sides that wrap around your ankle snapped. One of them flipped inside out, sticking out of the skin, bleeding. Bone sticking out of the skin. Bone sticking out of the skin. The tendons holding the the bones together were kind of like split. So the bottom of my ankle was like that, the two leg bones. There's a whole piece on the right side a little higher up that pulverized from just like – there's like gap in the picture of the x-rays. It was just the worst ankle injury that that doctor had probably seen. Outside of like an amputation case, right? And I remember just the shock. I couldn't really fathom it. I tried to stand up, stepped on it like those UFC fights. You know when they step back and so you you don't realize it. My friends, everyone was freaking out. It was shocking to everyone, and I was just like, "Yo, it's fine, it's fine. We're good. It's gonna be fine." And they didn't know how to act. Because it's, I don't even know how to act. It's so shocking. <laughs> no cell service. We're in the middle of an... Uh, we're off trail, so that doesn't help. We didn't know where we were at. Only one of them had, like, experience there. So they had to hike out, go to the car, then drive. They had to, yeah, they had to drive to get cell service. And, yeah, they they all just kind of left. One group went. The other group followed type of deal. And So you stood by yourself? Yes. Ah. Uh. And it, it's just kind of, I, I don't blame anything. I like, I understand like the situation was just crazy and it, and it makes sense with the whole story, whatever. But, um, yeah, I was there sitting. I had, I had one white claw, <laughs> no water, <laughs> I had a white claw, some headphones and, and a hoodie my friend had left me and the sunset so quick. The deserts sunsets are quick. Mm. So what seemed like a lot of time was 30 minutes and gone pitch black darkness late october i'm in shorts and a t-shirt ankles bleeding 40 degrees out and i was kind of just accepting it as for what what it was for a little while and i remember just the thought process was 
how are they really going to find me? Like, what should I be standing, sitting here waiting? Like, what? Oh, my God. How this is messed up. My ankles like flopped, just hanging. And I remember just hearing noises in the bushes, little like snapping of twigs, little movements of rustling and all that. <laughs> I was like, all right, no, this is not how it's going to go. I don't even think that anyone could hear me because I was in between a valley. I was like, there's no way someone could hear me past these rocks. And I would scream for help as loud as I could because it's panic, you know. So I ended up wrapping my ankle up into the hoodie, creating a splint, tightening it as tight as I could. And I first tried to crawl forward and I tapped my toes on the floor and it just like mm. sent this shock that just like laid me out. Heavy breathing. I was just like, fuck, man. Yeah, I, I need to figure out a better way. And, and I just resorted to climbing backwards. I crawled for like two-ish hours and try to get onto higher ground where I could project my voice. And I knew that I wasn't going to like die because I wasn't going to let myself. I knew that I would, I had the will to just like keep going and like that someone was going to come for me. And sure enough, once I got to the highest point and I had decided it was like late at that point, it was like 10 ish. I was like, I don't know if they're going to find me. I have probably better luck when there's sun out and other hikers hiking around. So this is my place. I'm at the top of this like hill. I'm going to scream one more time. And that's when I screamed like, help, just trying to get my 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 voice to project as far as I could. And I heard them scream back, oh. Sergio. And sure enough, <sighs> they had to hike all the way back. They couldn't take any like vehicle or none of that. It was two of my friends, two firefighters. They hiked back. They found me. They airlifted me, thankfully, through the whole... Um, Helicopter yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, through like the, the <laughs> National Park Service. Like if you ever hurt at a national park, it's part of their funding, so you don't have to pay for it. But oh, okay. Yeah, good to know. <laughs> well, right? That's good to know. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, you know what? If it's free, I'm down. Let's go, right? Let's go. Lift me up. They baby. got me out of there. Surgery six hours later, like quick. They were tripping because they're like, Oh my god, this is open wound, like compound fractures. The 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 danger is infection, which leads to amputation. And so it was this very severe situation, man. I didn't take, I didn't understand the severity of it because I had a, a trip to Europe with my family planned for like 11 days later. And coming out of the surgery, I was looking at my doctor. I was like, all right, so how is this going to work with Europe? Like, am I going to be able to go on crutches? <laughs> and he looked at me. He's like, you're not going to get out of bed for a while because it was so much trauma. So, they had to do so much rebuilding. I still have limited um, range of range mobility. Of um, I have two plates, one this long, the other one like this, like supporting my ankle and 11 screws. So it's like, it, it's a lot of work. Um, and it was a lot of recovery, man. I remember you, you came and saw me. Mm -hmm. Thank you for everything you've ever done for me, man. Like everyone supported me at the time and I was able to like push through about two. All right. So that happened late October. I didn't work November. I didn't work December. I didn't work um, until some point in ja actually it was late January that I started working, and it was like, whoa! Like it it humbled me. It made me realize like, wow! As a barber, we don't have like a safety net. Mm. We don't have so. Thankfully, I had been smart about saving. I had ha help from family, friends, and it got me through that that tough time. But. I also couldn't walk properly. I couldn't drive. I couldn't pump my foot for months and months. I could. So now that I had moved closer to home, 
I was with my parents during the recovery and I couldn't drive back over here. And it was like a shell shock. I was like, wow, 40 miles away. Like, who's going to follow me over there? I had to restart my whole business, not out of choice, but out of necessity in Burbank. And the best part of it all is that the pandemic hit right after. Oh, man. It did, right? I think I worked, it was October 2019, right? Yeah. So and then, then pandemic hit right 2020. after I worked Ooh. almost a month. So I built up my clientele with like the techniques that I had here. I built up a clientele, slow, like a small one out of that city. And then pandemic shut it all down, man. And I was just like, what do you do? You know, and then it is what it is. And thankfully, I found my real passion, which is art. How you did that saw? come about? I couldn't do anything. I, I was My sister and I decided to stay together, separate from my parents, just because we didn't know the severity of what was going on. We wanted to keep them safe. And uh, yeah, she was like very adamant about staying together, not doing anything. And so... I wanted to do something to express myself. So she bought me like a pen and, or a, a notepad with a pencil. And I just started sketching and one sketch was better than the next. And I showed it online and people reacted like, whoa, what? I was like, dang, yeah, I didn't even know I had this in me either. And that prompted to me creating like 40 pieces of art, just one after another, new mediums explored. And I was just like, wow, this this is why I love barbering so much because I just love art as a whole. And it it changed my mentality on how I was going to host my space. I wanted an art studio. I started wanting a private space too. I wanted to change the, the hustle that I was so used to of 12 hours on my feet, nonstop, taking 20, 30-minute haircuts, blah, 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 whatever. I couldn't do that in my head. I was like, how am I going to do that with this issue? And I started trying to find more value to add how to increase my prices and whatnot. And and it all just cultivated into me getting that one studio in North Hollywood, which was a total gamble, a total risk. The overhead was way more than anything I had ever been used to. And yeah, I just had to make it happen one way or another, built a space, put up murals, attracted clientele. I, I kept it in, I like made it into like a very personable experience a very um almost like a sacred experience you know like an intimate space yeah it was just and you lived there too and i lived in the loft i lived upstairs it was like the best situation i oh man it was it was so crazy because qualifying for a space that's another thing that that people have to remember is like when you go venture off into your own thing you have to qualify for spaces you have to show a certain amount of income and i was like okay well i'm gonna get my dad to co-sign it and he's like, oh, yeah, show us five times the rent. Who, who's going to show that? You know, like, that's crazy. So I had to finesse my way, show whatever I could, and, and they took me in. It's a blessing, man. It really is to, to have been able to qualify for that space and and just that start, that hunger and that, and that, that fire under me, like, just led me to building that up and now moving to Sherman Oaks and now having that new revamped Born From Rain studio. Um, more like born, it's like a born from rain, like compound now with like mm. different aspects of office, a uh, art space, a lounge space, all that. I'm so glad you you are mentioning the whole. If you want to venture off on your own, if you want to get your own space, like you have to show credit, and credit. more than anything, you have to show 
income. income. And so I love that you touched on that because for any barber who's out there listening in our industry of barbering, I completely get nobody wants to pay taxes. Yep. Right. Like nobody wants to claim how much they make. They want to do it cash. They're 1099. They don't claim all of it, all that stuff because they don't want to pay taxes. And what we don't realize or what barbers, most barbers don't realize is that at some point, if you want to adult, like you're going to need to show income. Yep. Right. And five times the rent of that studio was at over 10 grand a month. Yeah. Right. Because no one else is going to be able to co-sign. I'm screwed. Yeah. It, it's a wrap. So if you're a barber and you're listening to this, like be an adult, right? Like start adulting, do your taxes, right? Put money aside every month Get so that organized. it's not, it's not a big hit on you yep. and, and do your taxes because as an adult, you're going to need to show income yep. for a lot of things, whether it's a car, whether it's a house, whether it's whatever, ha- having income to show a minimum of two years worth of a good amount of income yep. Is so crucial. So thank you for yeah, touching of on that. It and me- it's something that needs to be said in our industry, you know? Mm-hmm. Just do research, get smart about it, and just get organized. That's key. Absolutely. Born yeah. from rain. So, what is that? <laughs> when when I was with my sister during COVID, I just remember being like, oh, my God, I have this idea for a space, like a brand. Now I'm like thinking about branding myself. I'm thinking about like something that's all encompassing what's the name how do i land on it and i remember for me it was feeling in an incredible drought financial drought freedom drought for all of us you know like we were just social drought social drought everything felt like a drought like damn i don't haven't worked in months the time that i did get to work i cut short i don't get to see anyone i don't get to do anything like what is going to end this drought? What is going to birth my space? And like anything, like the water, the rain, what you when you like water your soil, like all those terms, you know, the art, the motivation behind me getting my own space, the murals, the paint, the everything, all of that felt like the rain that came, ended the route, drought and birth my studio so i call it born from rain studios and it just mm. flows bfr <laughs> it's cla- it's clean i've made a cool logo out of it hand drawn um and just just experimenting with different names that stuck with me bfr sergio bfr studios all encompassing design barbering it could do it all you know and just right now i have a, a lot of aspirations and goals for that that I feel, I truly do feel 2024 is going to be the year where a lot of that gets fulfilled properly. You know, mm. I've set up little steps to to make it legit. And it's just, I'm, I'm glad I also have a partner that has her own side of business. And she, dude, right now we're... And it meshes with yours. Yeah, dude. She's an incredible designer. We right now just got our home office set up real nice. We're both venturing off into like getting things legit organized domains emails sergio at bornfromrain.com support at bornfromrain.com these things that are really fun to like get into it's even better when i have like my girl next to me doing Mm. her thing you know so i'm excited for everyone to see what she has shout out irene i love her with my whole heart two years and the new year has been nothing but a blessing yeah speaking of the the new year being that we are in the new year right now um 
not only is is so you guys know and, and if you guys get a chance check out his page we'll give all of his information out at the end so you guys can communicate with them follow him on social uh, but he you're saying a home office. You literally have a whole two-story home <laughs> that you don't live in, yeah. that you're using for your barbering studio, uh, your office, your art studio. Tell me a little bit more about that. It's such a blessing in disguise. Um, it was It was also because of her. She's actually, um, I, when I started dating her, she actually lived in Northern California. And... It was a serious relationship that I knew eventually I wanted her to live with me. It was like something I was certain of. And at the time, I lived in my haircut space, the studio in North Hollywood, which was fit for me. And it and it was the stepping stone I needed to be able to afford both, you know, a house and like a, a cutting space. But I knew it wouldn't have worked with her because what am I going to do? Have her just like locked up don't come down don't come down mm. i'm doing this or man what if she just wants to lounge what if that so that idea had came to me where all right i need to have my actual separate space of work and live i had both of them meshed in it worked there's pros and cons but that time had come and i didn't know when or what was going to happen how i was going to fall onto like um that next space thankfully one of my clients put me on and i sublet his space for the last few months of his contract only to then start my own. And that's where I live. You've been there. Yes. And so the thing that sucked was that it was so perfect. That place was everything I would have wanted and more for her and I, but he's like, yeah, bro, I leave June. If you want this, you need to act in July now. And she wasn't graduating until December. So man, that was, that was something else, Joe. I had a, I had to take on that space if I wanted to lock it in. And I knew for value, it was I, I wasn't going to get a deal like that again. So I took on that space from July through December alone. And I had my barber studio alone. And man, that was one of the like most difficult, trying times. All of a sudden, like in Los Angeles, affording that was... It's like no one's why would you do that? People were like, Your my parents, as much as they support me, they're like, What the hell, man? <laughs> one thing after another. Yeah, they're like, We just we just said, All right, you know what, the studio fine, do it. We're scared. And now you're do doubling, like, what are you doing? So I think that really allowed me to to get acclimated with overhead and being responsible and and financially like um organized. But the beauty of it is that once I got comfortable doing that, the next door space, which was that house, was going to be rented out. And I thought about it. I was like, she already had the, the landlord has me as a tenant. Why not keep me as the only tenant? Less wear and tear on her house. It's not lived in by, by a full family, by, by a group of college students, by whatever. She knows where what my values are, how I handle my business. I pay rent early, this and that. So I, I, I gave it a shot. I shot it like, let me take this for the price of my studio. And bro, I feel like I won the lottery. Oh, I believe you did, man. I've seen that space. That's a beautiful space. Yeah, man. So it's been one of the challenges is like the size of it has to fill it up and make it seem like for me to make it make sense. 
was tough, but we got that down. Thankfully, like I had my, my girlfriend, Irene at the time, like her now helping me organize and now keeping the place clean, getting all that sorted. But man, that elevated my business to like a new level because it just, it shows me I'm capable, but now I have these blocks in place for what I want to do in the future, which is like kind of working backwards, you know, usually you start a business and then you build up. Now I have the, the space for the business. Now I have to actually build the business, mm. the new ventures I go on, you know, but it's been, it's been a blessing, man. I, I'm very excited to keep showing what goes on in there, how it, how it works for us and just document it. One thing I'm really curious about with all of this that you're saying, because these are some big ass projects you got yeah. going on. How do you manage your finances? Because in one, as a barber, two, as an entrepreneur, and three, as an artist, right? All of those things, you don't get a paycheck, right? Nobody withholds taxes. You don't have like a, a like a consistent monthly income that you say like, okay, I make this much every week, every month is how much I put aside. What is that experience like for you and how do you manage your finances? I thankfully have had a great deal of fun leading up to like these moments. Mm -hmm. So even though when I was younger and more reckless with my money, especially like being like a barber where you get paid daily, I've, I've fucked off a lot of money, bro. <laughs> so <laughs> better then than now when I have actual like overhead responsibilities like that. So now I'm able to sacrifice. I'm able to not to go to every festival, every this, every that, go out. And it's just a lot about making time for what's important and putting value on like what really matters to me right now. And this space really matters to me. So I have no problem with sacrificing certain things for it, you know? So I think one of the big ones is not eating out as much that consumes our, a lot of our money, man. Like I, I was told by someone that one of the biggest ways to deter inflation is cutting eating out. Mm. Because that has skyrocketed, you know? So I've gotten better at that. I, I'm, like, very um, savvy with my girlfriend on cooking at home when we have a chance, making our breakfast, making our coffee at home. That's helped. Um, I think putting it out on paper as well, and, like, especially before signing on something, like, seeing what you have saved for rainy days, especially as a barber, building up funds for that, um, building up great credit, so you could use credit to your advantage, making sure you're not spending money and not like not having something come out of it. Like some of the travel I have done is through travel cards playing the points game. That's like mm. a whole world that I ventured off. <laughs> Thankfully, I have some clients that are just G's at that. And so now I know how to use money to get me other things, travel, hotel, whatever. So that helps. Um, and just ha learning how to have fun with what you have so you don't go drink or do this, that just using the space, you know, and I actually haven't felt like I've accomplished or um, I haven't used space to the best of its abilities. So I'm only more excited to see what like getting really to like focused 2024 will do for that, you know? And yeah. Speaking of 2024, what, what was your experience of 2023? And what is going to be different for you in 2024? What are you most looking forward to in 2024? Always in the past, I've been about my word. I like to say something and do it. 
even if it takes a little bit of time, like just saying it and doing it, finishing a project, making a project happen. And in 2023, man, I'll be honest with you. It just, it, it didn't hit the same. People will like tell me like, bro, you, you moved spaces. You moved in with your girlfriend. You've done this. You've implemented that. And that's like the stuff that I'll tell myself too. But end of the day, I have ambitions that were not met. And I think more recently, like hearing a phrase of researching the thing isn't doing the thing. Telling people that you're going to do the thing isn't doing the thing. Imagining a life after doing the thing isn't doing the thing, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I didn't do the thing, which is really build my brand, Born From Rain, put my art out there the way I wanted to. And even just like getting new clients, like I'm, I know I haven't maxed out my ability in all these realms of like that I'm so passionate about. And so I think 2023 with its challenges and like different like things I had to overcome, I never truly did the thing. Mm. 2022, I would say I did. 2021, I would say I did, you know? 2023, although I might have accomplished a lot like in other people's eyes and I have to be kinder to myself, I think I'm ready in 2024. I've built that through verbalizing it. I've also, by not doing the thing in 2023, did the other things that kind of built an office, built a space to properly finally make my art the way I want to make my art, brand myself, put it out there the way I want to do it. So I think 2024 is more about actions and like, mm. and like the core actions, you know, like not the, the, the support actions, like the actual things that I've been longing for, I plan on doing. And I like that I'm able to start it off with the year with this podcast because it almost gives me a social contract too. Like, yo, guys, I'm serious about this year. I want to make big changes. I want to reach my cape, like my full potential that I just didn't feel that that way in 2023. At the same time, I feel like I had like like a weird like self like deprecating like way of talking to myself, which now I'm realizing like, yo, that also isn't going to help. You have to be kind with yourself, but you also have to just push yourself, you know, and not be like, man, I didn't do this another month. Like, oh, this, this project, blah, blah, blah. I'm past dwelling on that and I'm more ready to actually do the thing, you know, it's, we'll see. I mean, I have, I have faith, man. I have faith. I have the support set up. I have um, the verbal contracts in place. I have. Just the 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 feeling I got from 2020, late 2020, when I got that first studio, I feel that way. And I felt it all the start of this year. I've been committed to myself. I've been committed to my relationship, my business, and just really going for it. That's awesome. What I'm hearing is 2024 is going to be the year of action. Yes, sir. Right? And anybody listening to this that knows Sergio personally, you guys heard it here. 2024 is his year. Yeah. So if you guys don't see him posting up his art, if you guys don't see him really fulfilling on the things he's doing, if you're a client, you see him often, remind him. Yeah, tell right? me. <laughs> tell him. Like, hey, I haven't seen you post your art. Hey, I haven't. Right? Like, like let's support him along with supporting all of the people yep. in our immediate environments, Absolutely. you know, in, in, in being their word, I, I, there's some people might see it like, Oh, I don't want to bug them. I don't want, right. But no, like 
like supporting somebody and being their word is the ultimate, no matter Absolutely. how they feel about it. But if you can support somebody and being their word, showing them like, dude, your word matters, yep. right? I'm it's not trying to have. force you to do anything. I'm just showing you as a friend that your word matters to me, yep. right? And I want to see you do the thing you say you're going to do. Yep. And I'm here to be that friend that supports you. Thank so if you're you. that friend, support this dude, make Thank sure that you. he gets the support he needs to have yeah. 2024 be that year. Absolutely. Um, Speaking of our environments and our friends, do you have, have you had, do you have any mentors, uh, whether it's in your real life or whether it's like on the internet, like somebody you really follow, uh, that you kind of use as a mentor to guide you in the things that you want to do? Man, I think first and foremost, my family, my immediate family, who my sister has had a great deal on like influence me, influencing me growing up and. And kind of giving me the personality that I've had, you know, like through just raising me when my parents had to work or whatever. My parents, they have showed me nothing but true grinding. My dad working 13, 14 hours every day. No complaints, just doing his thing has showed me work ethic. My mom, how smart she is with numbers, with finance, being like financially literate. She's like sharp and just like showing me like how to be strong and, and along with my father, like just like how to get out there and pursue your like your dreams you know even if it's not the same as what they thought and and you have been such a good mentor to me man i was so excited like to hear see of you ask this because joe you have put me on you have known me since i was a child 18 is still a child in my eyes 19 <laughs> whatever is. i have been put on i have seen you grind i've seen you run businesses i i tell people about it and I really want to thank you for that. It's been it's been nothing but like golden nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> the nuggets, yeah, baby. that you've been giving me for so many years now, and like, and just I'm very I'm very blessed to have had you as a mentor in the barbering industry. Um, and then honestly, like whenever I see things online, I wish I wish I remembered like who the person who said do the thing. I think it's like mine the mindset podcast i don't know i heard it i was just like damn this guy's killing it like it really resonated with me i just hear people online sometimes um that shit also hits home no one in particular my girlfriend as well has like taught me like kindness and just patience mm -hmm. and love seeing how she's able to like like put up with me as a person <laughs> and like the good the bad and whatever and just like always giving me so much love and kindness i just can't thank her enough um, yeah, man, it's been, it's been a blessing. I have a lot of mentors in my life. Love it, man. And thank you. I definitely got that acknowledgement, man. And yes, the same thing, you know, that I told Ish that I want to tell you and that I want to make sure that everybody that I have an impact with also knows is that for me, it's a pleasure to see you guys take action, right? Cause I could be a mentor and I can say the thing, do the thing, be the example, and if you guys on your end don't take the action, if you guys don't make the choices that move you forward, whoever I am to you guys means nothing, yep. right? And so I really do want to acknowledge you for making those choices, yep. putting in that work that it takes to get where you're, go where you've been, where you're going, and where you want to go. Yes, sir. Right. And so I think it's amazing the work that you guys put in Thanks, and it yeah. takes something to make those choices. Yeah. It really does. So thank you for that. Appreciate um, that. With that, one of the things that I want to leave off with is uh, with that, 
I want to end the show or close to the end of the show by asking you, what is something that you want to leave people with? It's not too late. Hmm. That's like a really, really big theme right now. It's like, it feels like how I was saying, like I wasn't doing the thing. Blah, blah, blah. It's easy to get into like self-doubt. It's easy to think like, oh, maybe I'm like phony, whatever. Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. I, I, I know we've all felt that. And I think it's important to know it's never too late, man. Like there's people who start way later in life and become the biggest shit. And you're like you shouldn't stop yourself from trying, you know? And I think it all it takes is like a serious conversation with yourself, realizing like, hey, even if life is good, if I'm only performing at 50% of like what I'm capable of, just try, just give it a go. You never know what could happen. And realistically, if you just don't stop trying, you'll outwork everyone else. Mm. Wow. A lot of people are going to quit along the lines. I'm telling you, don't quit. I'm I'm not going to quit. I know you're not going to quit. Mm -hmm. Just keep trying whatever it is you're doing. Keep doing just a little bit. And it's going to like, like compound, you know, compounding interest. So, yeah, I think just... It's never too late. It's never too late. Yep. Never too late. Yes, sir. Well, Sergio, it was a pleasure, brother. It's always a pleasure being with you. Thank you, brother. Um, if you could just share with whoever's listening a little bit about where they can where they can follow you on social, how they can get in communication with you for anything. Perfect. And um, yeah, if you could just let everybody know. So I'm on Instagram as BFR Sergio and as BFR Studios. That's my barber page. I have my links to the book on there. Um, and then personal page, I will be sharing my art. Um, right now, I'm kind of having like a little revamp on how I'm going to roll out all these things. So it might be switching here and there. But for now, that's where you can find me. And Instagram? Yep. Okay, Instagram at BFR Sergio. You yes, said, sir. Correct? Awesome. And are you taking new, are you taking new clients As right now? No, I think I am. I think I'm, I think I'm ready to experience, experiment with like opening up my books and just like seeing how it goes, you know? Okay, and you said they could book through your Instagram for a yes. haircut, correct? And where are you located? I'm located in Sherman Oaks. In Sherman Oaks. Yes, awesome. Sir. So if anybody's near the Sherman Oaks area, go to BFR Sergio or BFR Studio on Instagram. Uh, you guys can book directly on there uh, to get your haircut with Sergio. And um, yeah, get in contact with this guy. Follow his journey. Follow his story. He's got some amazing videos uh, that your friend produces yep. for you, right? He's done some amazing art. You've done art in Venice. Yep. Uh, you've done art in all of the studios yep. that you've had so far. And so be sure to check him out uh, wherever you can wherever you can find Thank him. You. In this case, it'd be Instagram, correct? Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, with that said, guys, uh, I just want to give a big thanks to the original Clip Joint Barbershop. It's not only the official sponsor, but it's the only sponsor yes, that we have for this show. Uh, like I always like to say, it's not only funding this podcast, it's also funding my life. Yes, sir. <laughs> right? So OGClipJoin.com. We have two locations, one in the city of Covina, one in the city of San Dimas. Just go ahead and go to our website, hit uh, book an appointment now, choose the location you want to go to, choose your, uh, your barber you want to go with, choose the service you want. It's at no extra cost, whether you walk in or you make an appointment online. We don't have any appointment fees. So make sure to go to ogclipjoint.com, and we'll be seeing you guys at the shop. Sergio, yes, always a pleasure, brother. Always, brother. Awesome. Thank yes, you, sir. baby. Love you. Always love you, brother. Keep doing it. Thank I'm you. I'm excited 
to have another episode yes. December of 2024 Ooh, yeah, to I'm see down. where you're at. Absolutely. From today Sounds to then. To so guys, stay tuned for that. That's going to be coming in December 2024. Uh, let's all look forward to a great year. Yes, uh, as always, guys, stay blessed. Smile every chance you get. Tune in, and I love y'all. Peace. Ooh, peace. Woo!